Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. I'm Shomak Khoshal, the books editor of Mint Lounge, and this is the Lounge Bookcast. Every week, I'm going to speak here with one author from across the world about their latest book, how they came to write it, what were their challenges and inspirations. and what does it mean to be a writer in this time this podcast is from hd smartcast india's fastest growing podcast producing platform this week my inaugural guest is anuja chauhan much beloved writer of novels like the zoya factor the battle for bitora those pricey tapu girls and many others but we are here to talk about her most recent novel club you to death anuja is famous for her impeccable comic timing turns of phrase romantic plots but this time she has ventured into a new terrain which is that of crime fiction and i want to start by asking you about this decision to move away from your comfort zone and into something quite specialized and difficult will you tell us about that first thank you hi very happy to be here uh yeah uh, club you to death is a little different from the books i've usually written usually when i'm writing a novel i hope to keep the reader hoped because they're waiting to see a couple get together but in this one i was hoping to keep them hooked because they wanted to find out who done it and why done it and how done it so that was a a, a different kind of a process and when i started the book it didn't feel very different but as i approached the climax i realized that this was a different sort of storytelling and i greatly enjoyed the process i think being cooped up in the house for you know months and months on end made me feel quite uh, extremely violent <laughs> and so i had someone and some place to channel all my you know all my angst into into the book and uh, it, it was new for me but it was old again it was the same sort of emotions but slightly more raw slightly more ripe uh, slightly darker than the usual palette i work with but very enjoyable that's very true because the social satire and the comedy of the novel is very much your own style and i was absolutely delighted by it but i also felt that you know plot is such an integral part of your storytelling in all your books and this time the plot had to make sense you know two and two had to sort of you know make four and was that challenging to put that thread together to structure it in a way that you know a crime novel can sustain the energy of a writer like who were your inspirations behind this my inspirations are uh, you know i mean i'm like a huge fan of cozy crime uh, i don't like it when things get too grisly or too graphic or too ugly or dark or violent but i do enjoy like a nice clean pure kind of a who done it you know a dame agatha christie i mean she's queen and empress and reigns forever the whole book in a sense is kind of like an agatha christie homage um there's a uh, dorothy sayers there's um nayo marsh There's the first who done it I ever read was I think I was in class seven and I read Rebecca, and there's a certain point in Rebecca where the book totally blows your mind, you know, when the killer confesses, and that happens halfway through the book, but it's it's just something that always stayed with me, just the oh my godness of it. So I guess at the back of the mind, all these different inspirations coming together to try something. I, I've always been, uh, I always feel. so satisfied at the end of a good who done it you know there's this point at which the the sleuth pulls a killer out of a hat and the audience is like oh, you know and i love that moment so somewhere i was like 
saying, okay, let me try and do that. Let me see if I could be the magician for once and uh, not not make too bad a job of it. So that was the that was the goal setting out. I was yeah. also very charmed by your uh, detective inspector, as it were. <laughs> who is a very un unconventional character because you know you expect him to be the kind of hot and haughty one who is just going to sort of you know blow everyone off their feet but he's quite an anticlimax in that sense was it something oh, yeah. deliberate <laughs> yeah i i thought that uh, uh maybe at my age i consider him quite hot but uh, to me it was more instinctive you know it wasn't like i was really planning it i am kind of fed up of the kind of uh, the policeman that i see on the movie on the movie screen or even in the ott shows or even that the books you read about somebody's really macho and you know it's like whether you you know the rohit chetty version of uh, a policeman whether it's uh, a singham or a dabang or whatever it is of uh, that kind of a, or someone really gritty and damaged and battling inner demons with an alcohol addiction or some dark past i didn't really want that Uh, somehow i didn't feel true when i started writing and i always try to be authentic and honestly the only policeman i have met in my life maybe because i am from haryana and i live in gurgaon is a lot of haryani uncles you know they're nice they're a little pot bellied they're very reassuring if you meet them uh, maybe that's the to me i felt that that was the most authentic kind of cop i could come up with and um, my grandfather was in the police and and so was his younger brother and they were very it was a very fatherly sort of figure perhaps some influence by shows like the ones my mother used to watch you know uh, inspector Mo uh, where they look at endeavor moss or you look at uh, you know she used to love monk and she loved those kinds of shows so to me a uh, sorted fatherly close to retirement figure seemed like the person somehow to set in a police station in chanakya puri um it was pretty instinctive I, you know i mean of course i did the homework on uh, how how much money that person would be earning what his salary would be what kind of a house he would live in what you know the profiling of what kind of wife he would have and everything and trying to be as authentic as possible without either exoticizing the police person or you know or caricaturing him or whatever i was just trying to go for some somebody you might call and say main janta hu kisi ko i'll phone so and so and he'll help out and to me that seemed the person so to me asp bhavani singh felt like that kind of person so when it comes to doing homework how did you do the homework around this club setting you mentioned at the acknowledgments that you are familiar with the club culture very well no i i love clubs i love club culture you know if you if your dad's a forgy then of course you always have clubs in your life um specifically this book i think i was um um at a litfest in at the kasoli litfest in fact the kushwan singh literature festival happens in kasoli and they have um, they have a grand dinner in um, you know in mr kushwan singh's house and it's preserved exactly the way it used to be when he used to work there and type then it was like this lovely shabby genteel kind of uh, study full of books and uh, you know people were drinking wine and they were all, there was this mix of people there ex bureaucrats um, ex army officials senior business people very well read people 
or very powerful people or used to be powerful people, some beautiful young people, some, you know, milfy sort of cougar aunties and some randy uncles. It was that kind of crowd. And I'd gone to the lit fest with my daughter and as she walked around, she's like, wow, mama, this place, somebody should get murdered tonight. This looks like that sort of dinner, you know. And that actually got me thinking and I thought maybe I could write a murder mystery set in a lit fest and maybe someone's writing his memoirs and then he gets bumped off and then that idea kept cooking and you know how it is you turn things over and you try to get uh, make it something nice and this is what finally emerged from all that thinking about uh, who done it so I do love clubs as to who is an insider who's an outsider why the sticker of the club is displayed so prominently on your car windshield with so much pride. You know, the whole thing of, um, of having a certain membership, which is almost handed down in families, like a dowry or something really um, valuable. Uh, and if that really is real, how, how legitimate is the kind of... Uh, social acceptance that you get because of your club membership how important is it really uh, so just trying to capture all those kinds of things you know the trainers in the book there are these personal trainers one of them is a manipuri boy one of them is a malayali boy they're outsiders they don't really fit in they're very worried that they'll end up getting blamed so just examining all those things while finding a, a murderer and while you know having a little romance cooking at the same time so I was coming to this actually, you know, like romance and comedy have been very sort of integral part of your plots in all your books. And you choose to see the sort of funnier side in spite of writing very scathing satire, there's always laughter and humor. Is that something by default natural to you or do you like to sort of present your plots in such a way to readers? I think it's both. It's natural. Um, my, I always, sort of gravity, you know, if there are 50 things in the situation, I'll always notice the funny thing first. So that's natural. Um, I also think that that's not a bad way of doing things because I always believe that a, a heavy point doesn't necessarily have to be made in a heavy fashion. Uh, so I do want to say certain things, but I like to say them with a laugh and with like, you know, sort of thrown away. Uh, I feel people prefer that to having, uh, to being lectured or, you know, like a little closing little moral science paragraph in the middle of your books. And you portray each of the characters, however rich, however obnoxious they might seem to us, with a certain amount of, you know, sympathy and certain amount of understanding. There's also that kind of kindness to the writing. Again, I don't know if that's something that you think about or it comes to you naturally. And I was very curious about it. I think I'm much kinder in my books than I am in real life. You know, I'm much nastier in real life. But I think that uh, whenever I write a book, I'm very fond of everybody. I have tremendous affection for every single character. Right? I'm fond of everyone. I want everyone to sort of, you know, get their little bit in the limelight and that people should understand where they're coming from. So even if they're really horrible people, I would like the reader to understand why they're horrible people and what happened to them. And that is why they're like this. So I... I, I always have a lot of affection for the people I write about. I agonize over their names. I choose them carefully. I chose it very carefully, Bambi Todi, both her name and her surname. And, you know, because she has these big doe eyes and she's Marwadi and she's wildly popular. Like everybody in the school is like, you know, you 
when you meet new people like how people say if you're saying you're from St. Columbus they'll say are you from Shah Rukh Khan's batch so I wanted Bambi Todi to be like that are you Bambi Todi's batch you know how many years senior was she to you so she's an important person so she needs to somehow have it you know the way the name and the nickname sort of go together on the name and the surname for me that's always important I always do it and uh, for example if you're talking about Bambi Todi then I like the fact that you know that because she dumped this poor boy so badly that his friends call her Bamboo Dodi and they're like very clear they tell him oh Bamboo Bamboo Dodi so when I do that kind of layering I give people nicknames or even he keeps saying BT bro BT BT you know Bamboo Dodi is a bad trip so uh, when I do that kind of layering to me the character becomes more alive where does that come from you know are you sort of absorbing things like sponge when you're like listening around people yeah yeah, I enjoy conversation and I enjoy listening to conversations and uh, I'm very amused by the way people speak and how cadences change and how you have a formal voice and an informal voice, the way you talk to your mother, the way you talk to, you know, your roommate, wherever you're staying. So I love listening to it um, and I try to cultivate like, like a year for dialogue, you know how if you play a tune on the piano and you know what you want to play and then you press the keys and with your ear you're always training if you got it right and when you get it right you know so similarly you there's something in your head and we're trying to put it down you sort of hit a few false notes and luckily on a laptop you can correct and keep going till you have it right and then you and then it flows smoothly so i like working on dialogue and i hear that you're writing for screen right now is that so Yes, yes, I'm writing the screen. The thing with writing the screen is that you really don't know how much they'll keep you. You know, I mean, you write it, you send it off with the best of intentions, but eventually it's not your baby. And uh, they tend to cherry pick. They take what they want. They don't take what they don't want. So, yeah. I think your books are very, anyway, cinematic. You know, like it is almost scripted like a movie. And the progression of the plot is such that you almost visualize every page that you're reading. And I don't know if that's something also you think about when you write. That's advertising training, I think, because I spent 17 years writing ads and, uh, you know, essentially they're just like one minute movies, you know, the ads we write. So you're trained to think along the X, Y, Z of dialogue, visual and soundtrack. So when you write in any format, you tend to give in clues as in what does this look like? What are people saying and what's happening in the background? So I think that just comes with that training, you know, like when you're reading the book, something is playing in your brain. And of course that's different for every reader, but that's the kind of movie I enjoy the most, you know, reading a book and imagining out it out in my head. What does it look like when you start? Well, the whole thing is pretty nebulous. You know, you just start, you have a sort of a vague notion of what you want to write about. There'll always be a couple of things you're excited about, you know, whether sometimes it could be a, a, a premise, like in Zoya Factor, it's a premise. What, what if a girl is lucky for the team? Um, sometimes it's a character who you find interesting. For me in the house that BJ built, it was all about Bonusing's character and how twisted she is and how she's out for revenge. Um, sometimes it's a theme or a conflict you're interested in. 
uh, in Pricey Thakur Girls, it's all about theme. It's about uh, state-sponsored propaganda versus independent journalism. Or in bars, it's about, you know, the whole pacifist way of looking at things versus muscular patriotism. So every time it's different. But there's always been one or two things that you're very excited and very clear about. And everything else is some nebulous, vague thing. So what I do is, whatever I'm clear about, I start writing that out first. So if it's a character, I'll write that out. If it's a, a conflict or a situation or a theme, I'll write that out first. Um, later on in the book, that could end up being chapter three or chapter seven. Non, it is definitely not the first, you know, so the first thing I write in the final book is usually never the first thing that I, you know, the first thing you read will not be the first thing I wrote. It, it might be a later chapter or a later scene, but that's the first thing that take form, takes form and then other thing takes for, take form around it. And then slowly you start thinking that, okay, maybe I have something here. And by the time I think you hit the 20,000 word mark, you're quite confident that this is not a false start. This is going someplace. Um, so, so it's a walk through the fog. I'm sure all writers say the same thing. You're walking through the fog every day. Something reveals itself. Sometimes it's a false revelation and you have to delete the next day. But, uh, and then it's just like a good dose of Lagera Munna Bhai, right? If you keep going every day, then at the end of six months, you'll have a novel really nearly if you've been writing every day a thousand words and just doing that to yourself. Uh, well, my last question to you, Anuja, is, um, you know, what is most satisfying as a writer? Because it gives you this, I was thinking of you as a writer of this book. And where do you position yourself vis-a-vis -vis your characters? Because this is the kind of social strata you know very well. You have sort of, you know, friends in this circle. So what is the most satisfying part of writing about these people and in this form for you? All kinds of different viewpoints out. All kinds of different characters in place. Um, it's a very... I'm like a chart seller. I have a very chart mentality, you know, some stodge, some crispy, some mita, some namkeen, then there's the haradhanya, and then there's the green chilies, and then there's the nimbu, and then the masala, and then there's everything shaken up and balanced just right. And then any bite that you take should have all those ingredients. So every page should have all of that, you know, so that's, I think I'm obsessed. Ask my children, you know, I'm always, I'm always like, if one of them is very happy in their love life, I'll say, what are you doing? You have no job. Where's your career growing? Somebody's very happy in their career. I'm saying, you have no love life. You're going to die alone. So I'm, you know, I mean, I'm obsessed with that. So for me, every book, I want to get everybody's point of view, whether it is the, you know, the, 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 the retired 4G, whether it is this bureaucrat dreaming about the good old days, or it's a young person, or it's like a, you know, it, it, it's a cranky gardener, or it is some lady with her own. So, so I just like to get it all in there, at least the entire texture of this whole thing. And in the middle, of course, I love a love story or I love a whodunit or, you know, something universal and something specific. So thank you for talking to us. Thank, thank you. Thanks a Thank you for listening in. Tell us what you think at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. To listen to more podcasts, log on to www.htsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariya se.
This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.